see friends and loved ones we haven't seen for years. Someone through uh, Karen sent a word of blessing, and uh, I don't think I've talked to that person in 10 years. But one day, and we all get to heaven. I'm excited. Uh, it's past six weeks, any birthdays? I know Hannah turned 18 yesterday, today. Anybody, no birthdays in six weeks? Where's Miguel? Oh, okay, anybody else that's not here? It's her, Pastor Rock, and we have his saying. Okay, uh, Michael, if you'll lead us. Birthday happy birthday. Happy birthday, Pastor Rhonda. Happy birthday to you. Well, they'll be hell to pay when I get home. How many brought a weapon? Yes, sir. I'm not talking to uh, Todd or Missy or Misty or you brought, you got, you got the word with you? Going to church without your Bible is like eating spaghetti without a fork. You get a lot on you, but not a lot in you. God gave us the word for a reason, and thank God that we have it. Titus, one of the smallest books of the Bible. I believe it only has three chapters. The second chapter, Titus 2. It's always a joy to have Al Mango in the house. Um, I guess I can speak this publicly. Al has decided to join Church of the Harvest. The committee met, and we voted it down. So we're going to revisit that a little later in the month. But it's always a joy. Al, like Chris and Susan, have been all over the world, literally all over the world, 65 countries, I think, uh, is Al. And you guys are at eight, how many, Chris? 109, and there's only 153 total? Oh, there is, so you still got some other things you're going to do and see and go, and how excited to be able to travel the world, and the day will come, and we will leave this world, and we'll travel to a place that God has ordained since the foundation of the world. Titus 2 and 13. Looking for that blessed hope and, notice the word and, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The next few weeks, because we have not done this in quite a while, we're going to be looking at prophecy. We're going to be looking at the rapture. We're going to be looking at the second coming. We're going to talk about the rewards of heaven. This morning, just for a few minutes, I'd like to talk about the two comings of the Lord. One will be sudden. The Bible says two will be in the field. One will be taken. One will be left. Two will be in the bed. One will be taken. One will be left. There will be the sudden coming. And then there will be a second coming. And there are two distinct different comings. One, he comes as a thief in the night. And only those that are watching for him will see him. The second time he comes, every eye will behold him. He will come in glory and splendor. Not too long ago, as the entire world watched via satellite, man took his first step on the moon. The president of the United States at that time made this statement. Today, 
the greatest event of all history has taken place. If you could go back through the pages of history and relive all the greatest moments of time, you'll discover the greatest fact of all time, of all history, is the fact that God took on the form of man and came to earth and died at a place called Calvary for you and for me. If you were to go home and turn on Fox News or pick up a newspaper, you discover that the greatest fact of the present is the fact that that man called Jesus did not stay in that tomb, but on the third day he arose and ascended into heaven and is now at the right hand of God Almighty making intercession for you and me. What a lawyer, what a high priest we have. If you had the ability to look into a crystal ball or you could predict the future, you would discover that the greatest fact of the future is the fact that same man that came to earth and died, the same man that ascended into heaven, the same man that is at the right hand of the Father, is one day coming back for you and for me. That's his ultimate priority, you and me. Aren't you glad this morning that you're a part of the family of God? I believe we can agree this morning that the greatest fact of the past, of the present, of the future is found in 1 Timothy 4 and 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified of the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. For that same Lord that left is the same Lord that's coming. Is that exciting to anybody in this house? Hebrews 101 says that God at sundry times, diverse matters, spake in times past, under the fathers by the prophets. The Bible tells us many times in the Old Testament that Jesus revealed himself to the prophets and holy men of God. And can you imagine how exciting it must have been, Gene, for Enoch every day to walk with the Lord and to walk so far with the Lord that one day the Lord would say, Enoch, you're too far from your earthly home. Come on up to your heavenly home. And Enoch was translated and transfigured and transformed into a place called heaven with the Lord. How about Abraham? How about actually sitting down to chicken and dumplings and cornbread and gravy and biscuits and jelly? Is anybody getting hungry? How exciting Abraham actually sat down and broke bread and ate a meal with the Lord. Then I think of Jacob, who was a punk, had a dream, saw a stairway, angels ascending, descending, an angel appeared. Jacob begins to wrestle with the Lord, and the Bible says that the Lord reached over and touched his hip and marked him for life. Aren't you glad at a place called Calvary that you were marked for life, that you're not the way you used to be, don't look for me to be in the place I used to be. There's been a change in me. I found a better way. Can anybody relate? And since I found the church and found a place to pray, there's been a change in me. This is my story. This is my song. Born again, born new, born fresh into the kingdom. How would you like to be able to step into a time machine, Gene, and go back to the pages of God's holy word and visit these great men of God and women of God as they saw the Lord? How exciting. What would be your time travel? Would you go back to Noah and the ark? Would you go back to the parting of the Red Sea? 
Would you go back to where he turned the water into wine? Where, where, where would you go? What would you like to visit? What would you like to occupy? Isn't that exciting this morning? I believe that one day when we get to heaven, there'll be a time machine. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe if you want to go see David kill Goliath, I believe whatever that heavenly computer is going to look like, I'm sure there's a computer in heaven, whatever it looks like, you can type in David and Goliath and you can actually go in the spirit and be a witness to that great event. Wouldn't that be awesome to be able to step into a time machine? But I believe today every one of us are blessed with the far greater promise, and that is the blessed hope, the soon return of Jesus Christ. For contrary to proper belief, I'm here to tell you, he ain't dead, and the world didn't kill him. Amen. He's not in a grave. You won't find his name on a tombstone. His body is not in a coffin. When Jesus came to earth, Herod couldn't kill him as a baby. Satan couldn't seduce him as a man. Pilate could find no fault in him as a criminal. Death couldn't destroy him. The grave couldn't hold him. The gates of hell could not contain him. Satan and his angels could not restrain him. And today he stands upon the highest pinnacle of heavenly glory, proclaimed by God, adored by saints, worshipped by angels, and soon to return for a church that's watching and waiting for him. He left the splendor of heaven and came to earth, born in a manger, the Gospel of Matthew said he was born in poverty. The Gospel of Mark said he was raised in obscurity. The Gospel of Luke said he lived in purity. The Gospel of John said he died in agony. The book of Acts said he rose in victory. And the book of Revelation says he's coming in glory. Does that excite anybody in this house? Revelation 19 and 11, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he did judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but himself. And his clothes and the vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The same word in John 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. One day the one who was the Word is the Word, full of grace, full of truth, he will return. He will return for a people that are biting in the word. He will return for a people that are bought by blood. He return for a people that are walking in the spirit. How do you know he's coming back? How are you so certain he's returning? Because this book tells me 318 times in the New Testament alone that he will return and he will come back for those that are watching and waiting for him. The Bible declares we will see him in all of his brightness and all of his fullness and all of his glory. I'm here to tell you that he who is rich became poor so that we who are poor can be made rich. The first time he came, he entered by a woman's womb and no one saw him enter. But the next time he comes, every born again Christian is going to see him in the clouds of glory. The first time he came as a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, 
but the next time he'll be clothed in glory, immortality, and eternal life. The first time he came as a lamb, but when he returns, he returns as a lion of the tribe of Judah. The first time he came to redeem, but the next time he comes, he will reign forevermore. The first time he came, he died, but the next time he comes, he will raise the dead, for the dead in Christ shall rise first and meet the Lord in the air. The first time he came, wise men questioned, where is this king of Jews? But today we know that he is the king of kings and Lord of lords, and he shall reign forever. The first time he came, they put a crown of thorns on his head, but the next time he comes, he'll be wearing a crown of glory. The first time he came in poverty, the next time he will come in power. The first time he came, he was escorted by an angelic choir, but the next time he comes, behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints. The first time he came in meekness, the next time he's coming in majesty. The first time he came, he was wounded and condemned. Next time he comes as the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. The first time he came, he was crucified as a sinner. But the next time he's coming as the Lord Almighty, which was and is and is to come. There'll never be another Bethlehem. There'll never be another Gethsemane. There'll never be another Calvary. But in Revelation 19 and 14, it says the armies of heaven will return with him. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I'll go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of appreciation. Like a thief in the night, we know his return will be certain. Matthew 24 and 27, for as lightning cometh out of the east and even shineth unto the west, shall so also the coming of the Son of Man be like a streak of lightning. First Corinthians, Paul tells us in 57, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall raise incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? For the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God that giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. O victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me, he bought me, he washed me with his blood. Do I have a friend in the house this morning that can relate? Have you been to the river? Have you been baptized? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? I want to hear someone say, Hoo-yah, absolutely. Hoo-yah, absolutely. Death, where you're staying, it's in the greatest statement ever made, period. Ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not die, should not perish, should not rot in a tomb, but should have everlasting life. Oh, grave, where's your victory? It's in Revelation 1 and 18 when he said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and I have the keys of hell and of death. The victory over sin, the victory over death, the victory over the grave, the victory over hell, the victory over Satan, the victory is in Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Several years ago, 30 three or 34, I had the opportunity to spend 15 days in uh, Jordan, Egypt, and Israel. And one of the highlights of that um, journey was the uh, empty tomb. Uh, it was uh, quite a moment to actually stand outside 
and see the stone rolled away and to actually go into that cool, dark cavern and see that stone bed and there was nobody on it. I'm here to tell you this morning, I've been to the tomb and there's nobody in it. I went back to the motel and called my precious mom, who at that time had been a pastor's wife for 31 years. And I said, Mom, I want you to tell Dad, I've been to the tomb, and the tomb is empty. I just had to tell somebody. When Mary went to the tomb, she ran from the tomb. She had to tell somebody. I can say today with Job 19 and 30, 25, I know that my Redeemer liveth and shall stand at the latter day upon the earth, for his return will be in the clouds. Matthew 26 and 64, Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting in the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. You see, God rides on the wings of the wind and the clouds are his chariots and one day they'll be part of a heavenly escalator that will escort the Son of Man to this earth to a church that's watching and waiting for him to a bride that has her wedding garment on to a chosen people that are without spot and without blemish. He didn't bring us this far to leave us. He didn't build his home enough to move away. But he said, where I am, there you may be also. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. 2,000 years ago at a place called Calvary, Jesus said these words, It is finished. He then ascended to heaven and began to prepare a place for you and I to live with him together. And I believe that Jesus is about to say those three words again. It is finished. I believe that heaven is just about completed. I believe that the table has been set. I believe the silverware is in its place. I believe the food is in that heavenly microwave. I believe there's an angel right now polishing the streets of gold for our return. I believe that Gabriel has his trumpet up to his lips. He's looking towards the direction of the throne. I believe Jesus is no longer seated at the right hand of the Father, but I believe he's standing clothed with the robe of righteousness, getting ready to say to the Father, Father, it is finished. Heaven is completed. I'm going to get my bride. Father, I created her in my image. I clothed her with my blood. I clothed her with the Holy Spirit. And now I'm going to get her. Could it be that this could be the day that starts eternity? Could it be that this is the day that we waited for so long? Could it be that yet today the King of Kings would stand and say, Pick up your trumpet, Gabriel. Blow it loud and strong. Soon and very soon, he's about to return. And I'm glad that excites you this morning because that certainly does excite me. 1 John 3 and 2. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. When Jesus was on earth, he walked on water. He walked through walls. And one day we're going to take a trip with that heavenly Astronaut, does that excite anybody? We're not going to need a spaceship. We're not going to need a spacesuit. We're not going to need protein pills. But when he returns, I believe this mortal body is going to take on the image of Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with open face beholding as in glass the glory of the Father, change the same image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. What will we look like? We'll look like the Lord. Does that excite anybody in this house today? What a day that will be 
when my Jesus I shall see, when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. Are you looking for his soon return? Are you ready? Are you expecting? Are you realizing the signs of the times? Even this week, the signs of the times has been confirmed. For seven weeks, we have been sequestered and quarantined and all the things that go with the COVID. The whole world has been affected, but it's not going to be affected the way it will the day after the rapture. This is my personal opinion. Linda Jarvis will get about 10 phone calls. Gene will get about 10 phone calls. Pastor Ron will get about 1,000 phone calls. Pastor Hank might get three. I hope it's not Al calling me. And you know what? It's going to go straight to voicemail. Because there's no one there to answer that phone. Because we're no longer here, but we are where we were called to be from the foundation of the world. Matthew 24 and 3. And as Jesus said upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Master, tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the signs of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying that I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear wars and rumors of wars, and see that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and they shall kill you. And ye shall be hated all, all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. I see a, see a stack of chairs in the corner that used to represent people that came to church. But the Bible says in the last days there will be a falling away. The Bible says in the last days there will be a season of backsliding, but I don't believe that Jesus is coming back for a backslidden church. I really believe that there's about to be a revival that's going to Amen. shake the world. Absolutely. I believe multitudes are going to come to the Lord in the valley of decision. I believe that entire nations are going to get saved. I believe America is going to experience awakening like she's never experienced before. And I want to house it. I want to host it. I want to be a part of it. I don't want to miss what God is doing in the last days. But the good news, Matthew 24 and 13, but he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. He's coming. When I went to purchase my house, I signed a contract. That contract entitled me to all the things in the house. As long as I made the payments, I'm here to tell you today, I've got a better contract. Amen. I said, if this contract said he would be born a virgin, and let the record show he was born a virgin. Amen. If this contract said he'd be born in Bethlehem, let the record show he was born in Bethlehem. If this contract said he'd be born of the house and the root of Jesse and David, let the record show he was the root of Jesse and the house of David. 
if this contract said he would be sold for 30 pieces of silver, not 29, not 31, let the record show he was sold for 30 pieces of silver. If the contract said he'd be buried in a rich man's tomb, let the record show he was buried in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb, which was a very wealthy man. If this contract said he would rise again on the third day, let the record show when they went to the tomb, the stone was rolled away, and the angel said, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. He is risen indeed. If this contract said that he ascended into heaven as our high priest and lawyer, let you know that we have an advocate with the Father that ever liveth at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for us. And if this contract says he's coming again as a king of kings and the Lord of lords, let the record show that's the last thing this contract is promised, that he's coming and he's coming soon. That was kind of weak. Just for a moment. As every head is bowed, as every head is closed, if you've wandered away from God today and you're not where you need to be, And this morning, all you've experienced is joy, joy in the worship, joy in the ministry. You just just enjoy the presence of God, but you're not where you need to be to the Lord, and you know it. And this between you and the Lord and no one else. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've kind of dropped the ball, kind of wandered away, kind of slid back a little bit. If the rapture were to take place in the next 10 minutes, I'm I'm not sure. Maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. I'm not really sure. I don't want you to embarrass me, but I just want to be honest with you and with the Lord. I'm really not where I need to be, the Lord. If that's where you're at, would you put your hand up and put it right back down? Is there one? Yes. 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 Is there no? Yes. Yes. Well, God sees every hand and God sees every heart. Look at me just for a minute. The word declares that all have sinned and come short the glory of God. The word declares that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word declares that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that God has raised him from the dead, then we shall be saved. This morning, getting right with God is simply a decision. A decision that says, I'm a part of the family of God. I'm entitled to all the blessings of being a part of the family of God. I have the ability to raise the dead. I have the ability to heal the sick. I have the ability to walk in authority and power. I have the ability to touch the hearts of many. Why would I settle for less? Why would I wonder? Why would I stray? Why why would I play? Why not get the best that God has for me? Why not have the all that God has for me? Would you repeat after me? Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And I realize I'm not worthy. I have dropped the ball. And I've made some mistakes. Didn't do them on purpose. Life happened. But today, I choose to live in the realm that you've called me to live in. I won't settle for second best. I won't settle for hand-me-downs. I won't settle for leftovers. I want today the very best. I confess my sins to you. You know them already, but I bring them to your attention. And I ask you to cleanse me from my sins and my mistakes. And let today 
be the first day of the rest of this walk. I will stay faithful. I will stay consistent until I hear you say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Let my life be pleasing to thee. Let my life be a light in a dark place. Let my life be salt that will bring thirst to the sinner. Bless everything that I touch, for I do it all in your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, there were about six of us that prayed that prayer that said, turn it around. Today's a turnaround. Today is a divine reversal, reversal, reversal. Today, we turn it around. Well, did you enjoy that? I have been preaching that sermon for seven weeks. I have, I have actually really, uh, that's not accurate, but uh, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed the past six, six weeks as far as the technical ability that um, this generation has aspired to, the, the podcast, the live stream, uh, television, those are great scientific miracles. And so thank God, thank God for technology. Thank God for the technology that we were able to stay together. And as Pastor Rhonda mentioned, thank you for your faithfulness in, in tithe and offering. Tithe opens a window. Offering determines what pours out. Tithe prepares the land. Your offering represents seed. As you put good seed into good ground, you are promised a harvest. You're promised a crop. Some seven, some 30, some 60, some a hundredfold. That's just the way that God rolls. But in order for you to harvest a crop, it's necessary to have seed in the ground. And when you tithe, that opens all the promises of covenant, every area of covenant. And we might talk about covenant one session later in the month. But as you, as you give your heart to God and you tithe in the kingdom, it makes you part of the covenant. It opens five windows. Tithe, tithe and offering opens five windows. And I may teach that a little later in the year. But as you get seed in the ground, God watches over it and God prospers it and God blesses it. I'm reminded of the tomb of King Tut. When they went into that tomb, there were several containers, large containers of corn. They believed that after death, they would, they would eat that corn. So they put the corn in the uh, tomb. How stupid was that? But anyway, uh, when they carried the uh, corn, uh, to uh, the trucks, to the, it, it actually went on display later, but as they carried the corn to the truck, some spilt out on the by the ground on the on, by the side of the road. Uh, they came back a few weeks later. Uh, Michael and that that corn had grown about that high, and they let it grow. Although that seed was two thousand years old, it still produced a crop. So know that how powerful your seed is. Going to give you a chance to sow into the kingdom, as God said. We gave our tithe, brought his tithe. We bring an offering to the Lord. If you have an offering envelope, lift your hand. And our handsome ushers will serve. Will serve us. Thank you, handsome ushers. Again, we have shared. It's not how much you put in. It's the attitude in which you put it in. God honors a little. God honors a lot. God is faithful. God blesses us so that we can bless others. I do want to say um, in all love, and all sincerity, those that don't feel comfortable um, coming back to church right now, we understand that. Absolutely. 
we absolutely understand that, and we do not, there's no judgment, there's no, there's no we, we understand that. And uh, God puts in the hearts of moms and dads protection over their family. And, uh, but I want to compliment you on coming out and the sporadic seating. If you're listening by podcast, we have sporadic seating in the house. But I thought what was so interesting, I don't know if it was Todd or Susan, but they knew exactly where you sat. And they designed little sections just for you like they knew there before in the front. Was that Susan was doing? Pastor Todd's doing? Home run, Pastor Todd. Home run. And the empty chair, we pray for those that aren't here with us today. They'll be with us Wednesday or they'll be with us Sunday. Ashley and Ed, always a joy to have you back home where you belong. Home where you belong. I must say, uh, doesn't Courtney's hair look spectacular? It looks spectacular today. Michael Brown, you're an awful lucky man. God has been here. You're going to enjoy that beautiful hair. Hey, we want you to hug a neck, shake a hand, bless somebody. May the Lord bless you and keep you calm. You know what? Forget all that. Do the fist or the elbow thing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he allow you to be a light in a dark place. May he bless everything you touch. And may the words of your mouth, the meditation of your heart, be acceptable in his sight. We love you with the love of the Lord. Have a great day.